Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. This episode will cover sections uh, at least 53 through 55. Uh, we may we may go all the way to the end, 56 and 57, but I'm thinking keep this shorter, 53 through 55. So 53 is a really short section. It's given to someone whose name is Sidney uh, Gilbert. His actually his full name is Algernon Sidney Gilbert. There's not a lot that we know about him. Uh, I'm going to read uh, this section here from institute manual that gives us some information about him because um there's yeah there's not a lot that we know and it's just really short section but this this is pretty interesting and like yeah again someone who is just here mentioned in section 53 not a lot that we talk about him in other church history but a pretty cool pretty cool guy actually sometime after he joined the church he was ordained an elder and sent to missouri to buy land and operate a small store when mob violence broke loose, uh, he closed the store upon request and helped appease the mob temporarily. In July of 1833, he offered himself as a ransom for the saints. He was devoted and faithful and sacrificed all of his goods during the persecutions in Missouri. He lacked confidence in his ability to preach, and according to some reports, he said that he would rather die than go forth and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, other B.H. Roberts said, that uh, Brother Algernon Sidney Gilbert, uh, excuse me, I've skipped a line here. So, sorry, Elder B.H. Roberts said that uh, the Lord has had few more devoted servants in this dispensation than Brother Algernon Sidney Gilbert. So, um, this section was Brother Gilbert wanting to know what he needed to do, and the Lord answering him and telling him, and he's supposed to help uh, as a bishop's agent. So he's going to help out in just the organization and all the order of making sure people get taken care of. So, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was really cool about this guy that, you know, we don't know a whole lot about, but a, a pretty strong statement there by Elder B.H. Roberts. Um, and and I, I thought it was, I mean, just, you know, in 1833, the mobs are really raging at that time. He and a few other men offered themselves as a ransom to to appease them to to save the rest of the saints. Um, one verse I want to touch on in in section 53 is verse two: uh, "Forsake the world." That's the phrase I want to look at. What does that mean? George Q. Cannon taught, we need to be born again and have new hearts put in us. There is too much of the old leaven about us. We are not born again as we should be. Do you not believe that we ought to be born again? Do you not believe that we should become new creatures in Jesus in Christ Jesus under the influence of the gospel? All will say yes, who understand the gospel. You must be born again. You must have new desires, new hearts, so to speak, in you. But what do we see? We see, men, we see men following the ways of the world just as much as though they had no pretensions to being a Latter-day Saint. Hundreds of people who are called Latter-day Saints you could not distinguish from the world. They have the same desires, the same feelings, the same aspirations, the same passions as the rest of the world. Is this how God wants us to be? No. He wants us to have new hearts, new desires. He wants us to be a changed people when we embrace his gospel and to be animated by entirely new motives and to have a faith that will lay hold upon the promises of God. And I would add, as I read this, thought I had was, do do they say the same things? Do we say the same things on social media as other people? Do we uh, indulge in the same types of entertainment as the rest of the world? Can people tell us apart 
Because if the answer is no, we're we're not a peculiar people. We're not we're not his. We have to be separate from the world. We have to forsake the world. And it's something that I think, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect at, but it is something that we all must do. We have to be different. Something I, I taught uh, in a in a quorum uh, that I, and that I've taught several times actually is, what what are you? Who are you? You know what what kinds of things do you say? You know, typically men or women who are in the workforce. I mean, whoever, whatever, identify as like saying like I'm a psychiatrist, I'm a marketer, I'm a, an engineer, whatever, right? It's like, well, how many other people can say that? Thousands, millions, like what? Depending on what you do, like, are you? But are you a disciple, engineer, disciple of Jesus Christ? That that should mean something. You can be an engineer, you can be a marketer, you can be a psychiatrist, right? But are you a disciple first? Because if you are, that shapes the way you do your job. It shapes the way that you interact with your coworkers, with clients, customers, whatever. And that's what makes you stand out. That's what makes us stand out. That's what separates us from the world. When we talk about the latest TV shows, are there shows that you can't say that you've seen and you can't chime in in the conversation because you've purposely not partaken of of those worldly uh, passions and those worldly entertainments. And I think, I mean, you look at anything that's on Netflix, I think you look at things that are on these all the streaming things that we have access to, there are definitely shows that as Latter-day Saints, we should be able to tell our friends, yeah, no, I don't watch that. I I like to keep the spirit of the Lord with me. And you don't have to say however you want to say it. I don't like the way it makes my me feel. I don't like the way it makes my house feel afterwards. There are those are moments to not only stand apart but to testify of true things, to be backed up by scriptural things. To te- uh, like we talked about in the last episode, those are those times. But if we're no different, we're gonna miss those opportunities. All right, we're going to move into section 54. Section 54, uh, Lehman Copley promised to give the saints a place to live. And uh, saints start showing up, and then he kicks them off their, his property. He ends up leaving the church, apostatizing completely. And so the Lord needs to deal with that some. And... So that's what section 54 is about. So with Lehman Copley breaking his promise, uh, Ezra Thayer had also broken his promise and was wavering in his commitment to the church. So Newell Knight, who was the president of the church in Thompson, uh, Ohio, like the branch, asked Joseph, hey, what are we supposed to do here? And that's that's section 54 is the answer to this. Um, unsurprisingly, the answer is, if you desire to escape their enemies, let them repent of all their sins and become truly humble before me and contrite. That's it. 
be humble and repent. And if you keep your covenants, if you keep your covenants, verse 6, you shall obtain mercy. Um, Elder Holland, talking about covenants and the protection they offer us, said, Only covenant makers and covenant keepers can claim the ultimate blessings of the celestial kingdom. Yes, when we talk about covenant keeping, we are talking about the heart and soul of our purpose in mortality. A covenant is a binding spiritual contract, a solemn promise to, to our God, to God our Father, that we will live and think and act in a certain way that will forsake the world. That's my, I insert that, that Elder Holland didn't say that, but insert it. Uh, Elder Holland continues, the way of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In return, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost promise us the full splendor of eternal life. If we, we really want to succeed in our callings, if we want to have access to every help and every advantage and every blessing from the Father, if we want to have the door of heaven thrown open to us that we might receive the powers of God in this, we must keep our covenants. And I'm going to now go back to the theme that I've been talking about the last several weeks, Zion. Section 51, we talked about the law of consecration, how it relates to the United Order, what they were doing and living in Ohio. Those of us who have made covenants in the temple have made a covenant to live the law of consecration. It looks differently than it does than it did in the United Order right now. It does. But what does consecration mean? Consecration means you're giving your all your whole thing, everything you've got. Now, God doesn't want us... Stop. I'm a wrong word. God wants us. God doesn't expect instant perfection, but he expects immediate progression. And how we can do that? Easy. Give your all. That's it. That's. I mean, it, I mean it's, it's easier said than done. Because, you know, that's it. Just everything. Just your all. That's all. But, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, you know, you know, people often think that they can't come to church because they're not perfect, because they're not good enough, because they are, because they smoke, for example, because they have some other addiction and they think, I don't want I don't belong there. That's exact. that's, it's a, it's a place for sick people. It's a place to be healed. It's a place where we can say, I'm broken I'm not perfect, but I'm going to give you you my all. Consecration. And I mentioned in a past episode, if you give if you give 50% and your neighbor's giving 50% and then one day you decide to give 49%, well guess what? There's 1% now. You know, if if you if you're always giving 50 and he's always giving 50 and you're meeting in the middle, that's, you know, maybe you can make that work. But if one day, one one minute you give 49 and he's giving 50, well guess what? There's a wedge there. Do you know who loves wedges? Satan. Do you know what that causes? Contention. Do you know what that is? Not? That is not Zion. If we make and we keep our sacred covenants, then what that means in practicality, in real life, in our day-to-day, it means caring about our neighbor, caring about the people in our ward, like we care for ourselves. And in fact, putting them first... Look how the look at how the United Order works, right? They didn't keep what they needed and then ga- give the rest to their neighbors. They gave all, and then they got back what they needed. The law of consecration, even though it looks differently, it's still that's still the principle. You give all first, then you get what you need. 
Anything you keep, you will lose. Those who keep their life for their own sake will lose it. Those who give their life for Christ's sake will gain it. That's the the principle that the Savior was teaching there. Lehman Copley forgot that. No, he broke his covenant. Um, uh, Ezra Thayer, for some reason, also lost sight of that. Let's finish this episode out with section 55. This is given to uh, William Wines Phelps, W.W. Phelps. Uh, You may recognize that name. He wrote several hymns, including The Spirit of God. He uh, actually turned his back on the prophet Joseph, then later uh, repented, came back to the church here. He's just wanting, again, I want to know what the Lord wants for me to do. Joseph asks. He's a he's a pretty bright man. He's uh, was involved in printing and, and things of that nature, and so he's got a lot of skills. And the Lord says, "Hey, let me use those skills." One of the things he's he's commanded to do is to um, print some work, uh, some books and things, so that the the children of the saints could be taught. Um, he said about this, that specific assignment that he's given in this section. Um, we are preparing to go out from among the people where we can serve God in righteousness. And the first thing is to teach our children for they are as Israel of old. It is our children who will, will take the kingdom and bear it off to the world. The first commandment with the promise to Israel was honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long in the land, which thy Lord, thy God giveth thee. We will instruct our children in the paths of righteousness, and we want that instruction compiled in a book. So that's what he did. But here again is another, what what does consecration look like? It looks like acquiring a skill, like W.W. Phelps had in printing and in writing, and using it to build what? To build Zion. To build the kingdom. To to bless the, the lives of the saints. And the Lord will use our talents. And as a matter of fact, he's given us our talents and he will give us more talents. And I think when I say talents here, it's also interchangeable somewhat with spiritual gifts. He will give us those things, not to bless our own life, though we may be secondarily blessed, but to bless the lives of others. And he gives other people talents to bless your life, right? Go back to section 46. The bishop is called and given the spirit of discernment, this, the gift of discernment to know who has what gift so that they can be put in positions to bless the lives of other people. W.W. Phelps here had acquired these skills through his effort and time in his life. And the Lord said, I'm going to use you to, to bless generations, to, to put, compile a book for teaching the children. You know, so what skills do you have? What skills can you consecrate to the Lord to bless the lives of others? To invite them to come unto Jesus Christ by helping them receive the restored gospel through faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement? Repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the, whole, of the Holy Ghost and enduring to the end. That's the purpose. That's our purpose. And that's, that's what it means to gather Israel because whether it's on this side of the veil or the other side of the veil, it's 
gathering Israel means helping people get on and stay on the covenant path. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you join me for the last episode of the, the week as we discuss sections 56 and 57.